My fellow Americans, loyal Uber Sinkies, brand new listeners who just wandered in and are trying to figure out where they should sit, middle back, I thank you for returning to your favorite bastion of First Amendment flexing, the podcast game show where we deep dive top five. Today's Uber Cinco will be administered by yours truly, the scion, the indomitable monolith. I'm just reading the copy here, Mitch Brinkman. I will be swearing in two new potential winners today, you guys. My distinguished colleague from Illinois' 4th District, Chewy's man on the inside, the main entity, Brian Ernst. Also taking the oath of contestantship will be my vertically advantaged colleague of the 5th District of Illinois. He knows where Quigley's bodies are buried, the faith himself, Nathan Henninfant. Welcome, distinguished guests, to a very presidential episode. Good day, sirs. Hello. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Excellent, gentlemen. Okay, today you will be squaring off as you deliver your top five executive orders for your first hundred days in office. I expect these to be measured or unmeasured, perhaps gleefully insane, but no matter what, they are your opinions and your opinions alone. None of the stated orders here and by reflect the official position of UBK Suits LLC, subsidiary UBK Ornuskers LLC, UBK Pod Party Incorporated, Carl's Jumbo Pleasure Palace Party Rental, or any of its subsidiaries on day of publish and into perpetuity. Whew. Sorry, folks. Legal has me on a leash again. Just reading the copy. Okay. <laughs> on to the oaths of contestment. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. Nathan, you win in height, so you'll oath first. Uh, is your hand up? No, just Nathan. Brian, wait. Just Nathan first. Okay. I, Nathan George Michael Jeffrey Jordan Henninfent. I, Nathan George Michael Jeffrey Jordan Henninfent. Do solemnly swear do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the obligation of contestment that I will faithfully execute the obligation of contestment of Uber Cinco and will do to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend all of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The, The list of executive orders I will sign on my first hundred days in office. The list of executive orders I will sign in my hundred days of office. Of the President of the United States, so help me, Mitch. Of President of the United States, so help me, Mitch. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. You're ready. Okay, Brian, here we go. Uh, Is your right hand raised? It is. Excellent. I, Brian Alexander. I, Brian Alexander. I wish I hadn't cheaped out on gym shorts because these turds are heavy, Ernst. (laughs) I wish I hadn't cheaped out on gym shorts because these turds are heavy, Ernst. (laughs) <laughs> do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute. Do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute. <laughs> the obligation of contestment of Ubersinko. The obligation of contestment of Ubersinko. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So help me, Mitch. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. So help me, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. Okay, you're both ready to compete in today's contest. And of course, for you folks at home, if you've listened to the show and you're itching to make a suggestion, perhaps. Well, send in your topic ideas and questions at bizbear.biz. Your brilliant comments could end up right here as an episode. Now, if this is your first time in the Ubersinko den, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber Stand-Out. You will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber Stare-Down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. As always, stay with us until the end of the show where I, your host, Mitch Brinkman, will rattle off my definitive list of Fast Five White House Pets. And as host, of course, I'm entitled to institute a house rule for today's game, which is inspired by the recent inauguration of Joseph Robinette Biden and the tradition of laying out a bold strategy for the first 100 days in office for a president. So today I'll be stopping here and there to drop some inauguration trivia 
on our contestants, or I'll be dropping simple 100 related math questions on you guys. Closest to the whole wins on these questions. Keep that in mind. So with that, Nathan, uh, I'll have you go first to give Brian a couple moments to step away and scoop the surprises out of his shorts like he's a marathon runner who forgot to do a rest stop before the big race this morning. So, Nathan, please decree your number five executive order you deliver in your first 100 days in office. Well, when I I become president of the United States, Mm -hmm. I want to do a few things to shake things up at the start, keep people on their toes. Sure. So I'm going to implement a new system where everyone must use a mononym. You can only go by one name, like Madonna or Rihanna or Cher or any Brazilian or Portuguese soccer player. And this is just to, just to spice things up a little bit. So no more <laughs> last names. But just to avoid confusion, we're also going to do we're going to take a page out of uh, the thoroughbred horse racing world. Thoroughbred horses always have such strange names because once you're registered, you have to register under a unique name. There can be no repeats. So there's not going to be, you know, we can't, uh, there's a player from Manchester United who's named Fred. So anybody else out there who's named Fred, it's too late. Fred is already taken. Um, (laughs) Rivaldo also is taken. And we, you know, we we got it. Another reason you you need to be uh, unique is because three of the greatest soccer, soccer players of all time, Two of them are named Ronaldo and one is named Ronaldinho. That's confusing. It is. We can't have that. So since I am currently in office, I get to choose mine. And uh, that's going to be El Presidente for now (laughs) into eternity. So I'm no longer Nathan Hennenfent. I am just simply El Presidente. Okay. Um, Way to uh, appropriate a language uh, you don't speak. That's great. Um, So... (laughs) I, I I can imagine Brian being the first guy to the name patent office and submitting it and walking out. Son is beating down on his face. He's happy. He gets a coffee and then gets an email, you know, uh, like a receipt. Turns out he spelled it brain, you know, uh, as <laughs> brain. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's happened before. And now it's just happened legally for in perpetuity. <laughs> But then also, you I mean, you'd be known as like, you know, the, the smart guy. You'd be, again, main entity. It works. So, it works. Um, I, I, you know, what so, so so what's the worst one name you could you could have uh, as a teacher, you think, as like a you're, you're teaching social studies in the sixth grade. What's the worst name you could have? Turd burglar. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that was your name, you would have been bullied so much as a kid. You, when you became a teacher, you would just be taking it out on the children all the time. Anyway, I don't see good student-teacher relations with anybody named Turd Burglar. Uh, I'll say Turd Burglar is definitely a substitute that just gets walked all. Over. That's absolutely what it is. Um, we I, had, I, I had a, a substitute teacher who's uh, who went by Miss. His name was Charles Head, and uh, he would always come in and write on the board, Mister Charlie Head, and so we. Oh, wait, we called him Mr. Charlie Head and not just Mr. Head, Mr. Charlie Head. And he would put Mr. Charlie Head of Head Acres in Berwick every time. We had him at least 20 times a year. He came in and made the same joke every time he was, he was a character. Wow. Wow. I would I would definitely race to get Ginger. I would I would love to go by that. Um, I would race no to know, get... I, you know, is this, is this going to be like a sexy... Uh, lady left on an island or is this just like a frumpy white guy so you know uh, that's the surprise it's b everyone b. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um wow this is now so i feel like crime's gonna go way up right because everyone i mean i guess you know, everyone's gotta have a, a unique name you're right never mind i was gonna say that there's there's gonna be so many johns um but oh, no so like John 2, John 75, is that what you're thinking here? All right, welcome or? to the evening news. I'm John 4. Today at the top of the hour, John 3 stole things from John 2 and John 68 still on the loose. But there's already a, there's already a John 5. That's a real guy. That's a guitar player. He played with Marilyn Manson for a while back in the 90s. He's a oh. real dude. Very, very talented player. But so no more John numbers. That's 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 taken. So you got to come up with something really unique like sidewalk stomper 
that that'd yeah. be a good name for somebody, right? <laughs> Why not just just have everyone have a barcode um, tattooed on their wrist? Well, you're giving away my number one. Oh shoot! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Someone just read 1984. Okay, here we go. Um, that's that's a that's a pretty nice little number five, Brian. Let's let's jump on over to yours here. Man, I can't wait to read the headlines of Slap Happy and Giggle Bum, the <laughs> <laughs> crime duo is back at it again. All right, uh, number five. This one's a selfish one. This one I'm doing for me when sure. I am El Presidente. I'm sorry, that's taken. When I am Mr. <laughs> President. Um, This is called the Presidential Comfortability Clause that I will sign into order on my first day that perpetually states that everywhere I go needs to be 65 degrees Fahrenheit unless stated otherwise by me. So Mm. every room, every car, if it's hot outside, the Secret Service needs to figure out some sort of mobile air conditioning unit that follows me. And then on top of that, I would like it to be loud. So when the press starts asking me questions, I can do the universal like point at my ear, like can't hear you. Sorry, air conditioner, I gotta move on, sorry. Um, So that's kind of what I want. One, I just wanna be comfortable all the time. And then when I wanna go on like vacation to like a beach or something, I could be like, all right, take the air conditioning away. Now I will feel 85 when I get in the pool. Then the second I get out and dry off, bring that air conditioner right back, 65, all the way to my limo, all the way back to the office. The second I feel it up, a little bead of sweat under my armpit, someone's getting fired. So they best be prepared for making me comfortable. Number five. Uh, clearly, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Freon lobby brought Nathan or brought Brian to office here in this, uh, in this fantasy land. Um, wh- why not just wear a, like all an all Under Armour presidential suit? Like get Under Armour in there to design you the perfect wicking. Uh, sports suit there is i'll accept it if it keeps me 65 i'll take it i mean what keeps me there is irrelevant to me sure as long as i am there so that is everyone else's responsibility not mine i got a country to run so people need to figure (laughs) out how to keep me cool when when you yourself are over 65 and you become president let's say you're 72 or whatever 78 perhaps are you going to want it 82 and dry like in, down in Scottsdale or or are you going to still want it 65, you think, as, as an old guy? I think I'm still going to want it 65, but then I'm going to wear really cool monogram presidential seal sweaters. Ooh. Oh, I want I one mean, of those now. Oh, that's that See, would cool. that be cool? Yeah. But like it looks like a, like a like a handmade wool sweater that has the giant presidential seal on it. Mm-hmm. Like a spreading bald eagle on the back. Basically, I want to look like a white MAGA guy's F-150. That's what I want to. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I'm president, just just deck me out in uh, American symbolism. Okay. Um. My last question is, how are you going to pay for this? Well, I just <laughs> won't travel as much. So oh, just okay. use your taxpayer dollars as usual. Okay. That's great. And what if... um. What if people around you like are, are catching colds or something like that? Is it are you going to bend at all for the no? This is this is nope. Sack up, Sally. That's what this is what it is now. <laughs> Just learn to be cold. Sorry, Tom. Don't care. You run chilly. Fuck it. Get a new Tom. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <Get> a new- <laughs> That's. Um, I mean, it's, it needs. It. I need it to be comfortable. I can't. I can't think if it's if it's warm. If you, um, I, I'm sure a lot of people heard uh, Biden had to uh, uninstall the Diet Coke button from the the resolution. I'd put desk. that back right away. That, that's oh, going would? right okay. back in. That's <laughs> going right back. The fact that anyone took took it ask, away, why? Why right, would you yeah. take that away? Come on. Well, because he knows that. Police, go ahead. Oh, I was say because he knows that Diet Coke will kill him faster, and he wants a second term. So, so why doesn't he just change it to his favorite drink? Like if he presses it now, a sparkling water comes. Why get rid of the button? Because Joe likes to interact with people. He likes to touch them. He likes to get in there and figure out what they're all about before he orders a water from them. So I get it, but like, well, also if he's like lonely and he just orders a water just to have somebody come in to talk to, and then he just like doesn't grab the water out of their hands for a long period of time so he can have a conversation. Well, uh, Major's going to be there, or Champ is going to be there at his feet, so he'll 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 never be lonely. So. Damn, I didn't write an executive order about no more dogs. That's I really, I really gotta. <laughs> I I will say I I recently did uh, did a little deep dive on presidential pets and uh, uh, pets help get reelected. There are a number of presidents who got reelected. Oh, I'm sure they say because of I'm pets. sure they do. So, 
Um, well, these are great number fives, you guys. Uh, I am. I'm gonna give. I'm, I'm gonna give you each two points here because, uh, Brian, um, I do like to keep it 65 as well, but you know, um, it just seems like a lot of to do and. I just feel like there'll be so many bad photo ops of you walking around with air conditioning units flanking you at all moments. Maybe you could cover them. Oh my God. Maybe you could put like eagle puppets on them. So the eagle's wings are flapping as they keep you cool or something like now that. Now we're thinking. Now yeah. we're thinking. That's great. Um, okay. Let's go. Uh, let's go back to Nathan for his number four. And my number four is very simple. Sure. Ketchup is banned from all burgers and hot dogs. Whoa! Forever. Whoa! Oof. Wow! Gone. Wow! You are a f- you you you're a despot. You're a fucking madman. <laughs> you stole this election. This is like ninety eight percent to two percent, and there's wow! What the hell is wrong with you? Why would you? Why? What's so I, bad about ketchup? The perfect condiment, America's the, number one sauce. <laughs> the the taste is my main issue with it. Are you? I hate I hate ketchup. the The only reason, the sole reason I live in the city of Chicago is because Chicago style hot dogs don't have ketchup on them. We're spreading that across the country, and I am so tired of ketchup being expected to be on burgers that you order because 40% of the time when I order and I'm like, I don't want ketchup on the burger. It's so automatic for them to put the ketchup on the burger that it comes out and it's got the ketchup on. I'm in a hurry. I got to, as Brian said, I got a country to run. I don't have time for a new hamburger. <laughs> so I got to, I got to, you, you try to scrape the ketchup off a burger. It's a, it's a disgusting process and you can never get all of it off. The, the, just the, the little, the flavor of it's still going to be there. It's going to be a ruined meal. It's happened too many times. I'm president. I will not stand for it anymore. You've That's just described my experience with yellow mustard. <laughs> you, you can't scrape that off. That, that gets automatically put on a burger, and it's fucking disgusting. So that I can't wow. scrape off because it takes all my ketchup off, and now I'm really, really mad. I thought I thought we did an episode a little a little bit ago where we complained about people that don't order as is. You guys both don't sound like real as isers. I don't know. I'm just putting that well, out. Burgers here. are usually burgers are customizable when you they okay. they okay. when they offer it to be customized. Okay. Okay. Um, Nathan, you say you can't allow ketchup on burgers and hot dogs. Can I still have it with my uh, hot and fresh McDonald's French fries? You absolutely may. It's still it's still legal okay. in anything where you are personally applying it. Oh, oh, loopholes! I love these loopholes. Okay, so you can, <laughs> you can, you can still have big ketchup in your pocket a little bit, but yeah, if you want to carry um, personal ketchup around to put on your burger, that's fine. Yeah, I just don't yeah. want to be served any that has it on it. Heinz got their earmark put onto this executive order. <laughs> I guess Heinz Heinz does make yellow mustard, so I suppose that you know you'd still would would, would you carry um, a little like, packet of Heinz mustard in your pocket, perhaps, just to remind people constantly, like you're the mustard president or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's the, me and Brian's political parties isn't red versus blue; it's it's yellow versus red. We're, yeah. we're gonna. It's been red versus blue for too long. We might even change the flag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Red no matter what, we, we, we know you've been there because you both stain. Um, so <laughs> we perpetually just have these three stains on our, our suits. Mine are always red. His are always yellow. <laughs> I would love that half the Oval Office is just dedicated to a rack of fresh shirts just to have ready to go. <laughs> No matter what I'm eating, that needs to be a thing in my presidency. <laughs> I mean, it is an Oval Office. You could have like a like a dry cleaner, you know, automated rack going around you the whole time and just reach back and pick up a new shirt. Um, Anything automated, I'm all for. That's great. Nathan, I, I think this was – obviously, you heard my initial comments. I think you're um, a fucking piece of shit for putting this out there. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I think ketchup is incredible. And as I've said before, I'm sure multiple times on this podcast, scientists figured out that literally they could not make ketchup taste any better with the ingredients that they that they used to make it. It is a perfect, wonderful condiment. I, oh, I, I agree. They can't make it taste better. And Lord knows they've tried. <laughs> Stop using my words against me. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, I will take... 
when I'm when I'm feeling a little down in a moment, I'll pop over to the fridge and I'll take just a little squirt of Heinz ketchup, just right in the mouth. It's a nice little pick me up, <laughs> <laughs> and that is true. I am saying a real thing here, and I love the new bottle technology where it squirts out and it it's it's a clean doesn't there's no drips. It's one of my yes. favorite things. Um, but man, this is you're insane for this. Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna try and let it go. Let's let's go back over to Brian here for his number uh, number four. So my number four, uh, after completing and eating my uh, uh, burger with ketchup and a ketchup and onion hot dog, I will sit down to sign the find and replace constitutional amendment decree. So this allows me as president of the United States to open the Constitution in word and make any changes I want to save to the amendments. And my choices are binding for 35 years ensuring that the next president that can make any changes will have to have grown up under my rules, giving them a fair chance to experience my plan. First change. Mm. First Amendment. Clarify that religion should not exist in any public school. This is not my clever way of getting, sorry, this is my clever way of getting rid of the Pledge of Allegiance, not because of the under God part, but just because it's weird to pledge loyalty to a piece of fabric. Two, I will change the Second Amendment Uh, You have the right to bear arms still, but only those that were available at the initial writing of this amendment. So any weapon designed after 1791 is not protected under this amendment. And here are some real rejected amendments that I would reconsider putting in. Um, In 1933, Representative Wesley Lloyd of Washington State wanted Congress to outlaw millionaires using a constitutional amendment. Lloyd wanted income in excess of $1 million applied to the national debt. So if you made extra money, it went to the debt to pay off the bills. Not sure that would get passed, but it's an interesting one. Hmm. And this one I don't really agree with, but it was quite interesting. In 1876, a citizen named Augustus Wilson wrote Congress to ask for an amendment after the contested Hayes-Tilden presidential election to eliminate the office of the president and replace it with a three-person Roman-style triumvirate. (laughs) 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 So he was upset that his guy lost, uh, much like recent events, and just wanted to eliminate the presidency. (laughs) So I think with this opening of the word doc, you would have a lot of uh, uh, changes to be made. Now, um, Brian, uh, what would happen in the case of um, spelling errors? Do you, do, is it like a one-time thing? Do you have like a small window or is this, you get to continuously change the constitution throughout your uh, administration? I have 24, 24 hours to make changes. Okay. And then there is a two hour uh, uh, spell check by somebody okay. else to make sure I spelled everything correctly. <laughs> okay. Okay. But even after that two hour spell check, we only have 15 minutes to make any extra corrections. Okay. So this is a very quick, you know, simple 26 hour, 15 minute process. <laughs> Streamlined, obvious. Yes. I yes. Mean, just, yes. Okay. Now what if, what if people want to have um, a gun uh, to hunt deer with or other animals to uh, hogs, if you will, because let's be honest, pigs are a problem in the South. Um, <laughs> What if what if people need a gun that's better than a than a musket to take down an animal? Because otherwise, it'll take forever to to kill. Learn enough. to use a knife. That's an arm. It's protected. Learn to use a knife. Chase that hog. Yeah. What about deer? You can't you can't run a deer. Bow down. and arrow. What's wrong with a bow and arrow? Doesn't work. Oh, it, right. it, it, okay. We were able to hunt and gather for centuries without it, with it. So come on, get okay. creative. Okay, <laughs> you're right. Okay, fine. You're right. Wow, that's you just you just knocked my point down. That was very good. <laughs> President. Very good. Decision making. What about the idea you you pledge to the flag, uh, to the idea that you are all connected through this uh, this beautiful piece of cotton up on that stick? No, it's weird. No, it is done. Okay. It's weird. I thought that too when I was like, it was around first grade. I kept thinking, why are we all starting the morning just talking to an inanimate object? It was. It's a little Nazi esque, and I don't understand why we still do it. Like no other country on earth does this. I mean, don't you talk to yourself in the mirror? Oh, burn! You're both in (laughs) Yes, we do, but that's besides the point. We don't have to do it in front of 20 other people every morning, mandated five days a week. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, um, well, so, so is there something you do in, instead of the Pledge of Allegiance, perhaps? You start your day. 
like a normal person oh. and just don't do it. You don't like start with like an airing of grievance or, or someone reads a poem or something or. Why do you need that? Why can't we just start? Why, like just start your okay, day. Fine. Wow. You're smart. Good, good point. Okay. Get up and go. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is, uh, I think, I think that was my only question. I, I just, no, this, 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 this million dollar thing, um, so that, that was income in a single year, I'm guessing, right? That wasn't any money that someone has beyond a million bucks. Yeah, I think so. I think that okay. I think today that would have to be raised to a billion for it to for it to really make a difference. Yeah, so yeah. we got too many uh, um, white guy dentists that probably make a million dollars a year now. So we we'd have to sure. Although they should be punished for making a million dollars for being a dentist. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, all right, guys, that was number four. Let me score these out here quick. Uh, Nathan, I, I I don't even – I don't know why you brought this up. Um, Heinz Company is one of uh, America's great companies, and uh, I will defend them to my death. Um, I did I, – I, I, I'm happy that I realized they also make mustard, um, but I, I still – I can only give you one point for that one. I'm sorry. Ketchup is fantastic. Um, a great little pick-me-up again, as I mentioned before. Uh, Brian – I don't know. There's something. I guess I was just like a militant, uh, little pre-Nazi potentially as a child. But I, I always liked the the Pledge of Allegiance. And um, but your other, your other, uh, I, I like this idea of of the Constitution being preloaded into Word. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I also was imagining Clippy there along with you, being like, "Are you sure you want to, you know, take away everyone's right to a machine gun?" You know, as you're um, <laughs> editing it. So, and that's just me double clicking the X really fast. Yes, yes, yes. You've been <laughs> exactly, over this exactly. Uh, but I'm giving you two points for that one. So, uh, but this one we're gonna we're, we're gonna snake it out. So let's go back to Brian um, for his number three. All right. This uh, executive order 5603, I am calling elections corrections. Okay. So this is where I fix presidential elections forever. Um, the entire election cycle is now being shortened to six months total. You are not allowed to campaign until six months before election day. So it means campaigns will start in May. Hmm. Primaries will be on the 4th of July. The election is in November. So uh, debates for these are also not live. They are done to a room of nobody where uh, the person is allowed to mute the microphone. And only after this has happened and they've been fact checked, will they then air on national television with the fact check attached. Um, the Electoral College is gone. Um, Republicans are going to whine that Democrats are the only ones who are going to win now because they're more popular. Yes, that's the point. Our current left needs to be the new right. So the actual left can be more progressive while making us progress. So deal with it. Um, voting age is now 16. Everyone is automatically registered to vote on the change of their birthday. If you're responsible enough to drive a car, you're responsible to learn who your representatives are. So vote by mail becomes the norm. And election day is a Friday and a national holiday, giving you a three-day weekend. You don't have to worry about getting to the polls. You can go in person. You can do it by mail. You can do whatever you need to do. Either way, you're getting that Friday off. No more PACs. No political action committees. And every single dollar spent on a campaign is public information in a searchable online ledger. If there's a surplus at the end of the campaign, win or lose, all of that money is donated to the Treasury. I rest my case. Nathan, first thoughts. I, these are all good ideas. I'm I, I I'm thinking um, about the 16 year old uh, thing as well, and I don't know if I'm down with this. I actually would be more comfortable. You use the it, making it analogous to driving a car. I'd rather have the driver's license age be moved up to 18. I'm all right with that, too. Because I think it, it being 16 was kind of a, a throwback to when a lot of people were, like, working on farms or something, and it was out of practicality. But I think about myself at 16, I'm like, I don't think I was responsible enough to be uh, driving or voting. So I would amend I would amend that. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I would say um, I absolutely agree with you. I think I, – I honestly think the, the, uh, the drinking age – 
the voting age and the driving age should all be 21. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but I think then you, you get that feeling of danger all the way through college, you know. Um, oh, wait, that's already yeah. what it is. Oh, that's right. Oh, wait, that, that's a bad point I just made. Hold on. Rewind. I'm going to heartily agree with Nathan here. I think the, the voting age um, should actually be uh, uh, kept at 18 and the driving age should be um, – raised as well because you don't need to be driving around in high school because it's only only gets you in trouble so i'm gonna throw a wrench into this i'm gonna even go lower than 16 for the voting age because the second you have a first job and you are paying taxes you should be allowed to vote on where those taxes go so the second you are able to work you should be able to vote i think that is a fair I All think right, I'm perhaps- gonna go. I'm gonna go. Then, then no, nobody should have a job before they're 18. Let them be kids, for the love of God. Let them be kids. <laughs> I'm for it. I, 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 was, I was gonna say, just don't have them pay taxes if you're under 18. I think that'd be a good. Uh, a good thing. These are all great ideas. We are solving so many yeah. things right now, and yeah. I am on board for this camaraderie and bipartisanship. This now I'm great. thinking also- we're we're gonna have to run as a triumvirate. This is how it would look. Maybe <laughs> yeah, it was a good idea. <laughs> Imagine this, everyone. Three white guys coming to save you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I, I actually, I, uh, the, the Electoral College is obviously, it's rooted in placating the South uh, to, to uh, you know, for them giving up slavery. So I'm all for, I, I think most people are, the uh, the abolishment of that. Um, now, with the PACs thing, that, that goes away. Then are we, are we uh, keeping a, a cap on individual spending for? For campaigns or oh, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, campaign finance reform is a given for this. Would you prefer um, have no personal contributions and maybe a slight tax raise to have all the campaigns funded by the federal government? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like having campaigns. I don't know. By the actual government running the campaigns. Well, no, it just, seems just, odd. No, no, no. It's just federal funding for the campaign. So if you meet like the threshold for uh, qualification for the for candidates, so everyone's given a million dollars, spend it how you. This is yeah, this is it, basically. Yeah. That's interesting. That's a way of ensuring that there's a cap. Plus, if it's public money, you'd have to know where it's all going because yeah. legality. So yeah. maybe think, that's maybe that is a way. I think the, the also the, the uh, also huge issue potentially with your um, with your debate idea is that along with like federally funding campaigns is that there are a lot of people that don't trust the government. So if you that wasn't live, they would think that you were editing the debate and like changing the outcome, perhaps. So I think that might be they would immediately say there. too that it's just like oh man, the government's been infiltrated by the left. They're trying to give money only to, to these people. It's no one know they're they're changing the ledgers. That's a, it's an inside job. <laughs> That's a good point. Because, you know, everyone in America is super cooperative and works together towards the same goal at all times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's how, how we get there is by saying the Pledge of Allegiance to the same flag every morning. <laughs> Man, no. You're making my point for me, Brian. OK, uh, Nathan, can I deport you as president? <laughs> how does that work? Uh, uh, I'm not the president. I'm just the uh, all powerful administrator of this exercise. So, um, Nathan, you're number three. Uh, my number three, Brian actually kind of hinted at something like this, but um, this is mandatory retirement for billionaires. As soon as you have a network worth of a billion dollars, you are officially retired and you will not be allowed to make any more money for the rest of your life because you don't need to. You And also, I don't understand. I mean, this is why I'm not a billionaire because I don't share the attitude of billionaires, mm-hmm. which is... If you have a billion dollars, why wouldn't you just retire and just have endless amounts of fun for the rest of your days and just do whatever you want? Why would you keep working? Why would you not be giving money away? Doesn't wouldn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy? So mandatory retirement for billionaires. And it's not just going to be mandatory retirement. They're going to have a mandatory retirement home. So they're all going to have to hang out together. And just realize <laughs> how shitty people like them are to be around. So we're gonna put them. Let's. Why don't we just go with Mar-a-Lago? That seems that seems like it would be a fitting place. <laughs> so we'll just ship them all off down to Mar-a-Lago. Tell them have fun, enjoy yourselves. But whatever you do, you're not allowed to do anything that puts another dollar in your pocket ever again. All Simple of these. As that. 
all of these terrible, shitty songbirds stuck in golden cages. I love it. Um, <laughs> that's wonderful. Who's the if if okay? Let's say this happens. You put all the billionaires in there right now. Let's say the top uh, 100 billionaires, and then like day 30, they get bored and they decide to fight to the death. Who's the billionaire that's that's left at the end of that carnage? I think it's got to be Musk, right? He's yeah, the, he's the oh, most e- yeah. like Bond villainous of them. He's, he's, I would yeah, say Bezos, but his rockets don't really fly. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Musk can just weaponize them so fast. Yeah, he can call in an airstrike from from somewhere. I'm sure just using his watch. So oh, he yeah. is a Bond villain. Oh my god, he is a Bond. Think about it. He has cars that don't rely on the fuel of our nation he has tunnels which he can get around in those vehicles that he's building himself he has a uh wireless internet sent from space via starlink and he has the ability to leave the planet and or weaponize rockets at any stretch of the imagination sounds, like this guy can go sounds anywhere. like a guy who should be locked up to me <laughs> yeah he can go anywhere and do anything um okay this is a quick break this is the first uh inauguration trivia i'm dropping on you guys which chief justice of the Supreme Court has inaugurated the most number or has performed the most inaugurations? It would be John Roberts. Mm. Close, though. He's he's number two or tied for second. I don't know. Third uh, Marshall? Ooh, oh, I was gonna say you—you you, you both, both of those—they they share a name. John Marshall, the original, John Marshall. John the first Marshall. chief justice, did seven inaugurations. Very good. And here's a quick math one: What's a hundred divided by five? Twenty. There he is, Brian. You get the the bonus point there. Good job. <laughs> cool. <laughs> It's stupid, I know. Um, I, I did <laughs> like the your, only subject I was good at, so there's my proof in record. I did like that your answer had a question mark on the end, though. That was fun. Um, <laughs> here we go. Okay, now that was uh, uh, Nathan's number three, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's both your number threes. Um, Brian, there were some holes in your thing here that, uh, you know, I think are – are great to th- are great to think about. Would be fun to think about, but also I think would cause a lot of mayhem. Um, so I'm gonna give you. I'm 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 sorry. I'm I'm only gonna give you one point here. Um, I know that's probably harsh, uh, but you know I, I don't like it when you win. Um, and your shorts are full of turds. <laughs> Nathan, uh, great idea. Um, I love that Mar-a-Lago is is their is their awful stinky rotting cage. That's three points for you. Um, and let's go back. Uh, to Nathan again, give us, uh, give me your number two, please. All right. This one, this one I just think is pleasant. Sure. Americans are hardworking people. You have a long, stressful, stressful week. So you get to enjoy my new policy Sunday, Sundays. Everyone gets a free <laughs> ice cream Sunday every Sunday. <laughs> We're going to have the ice cream truck will come down the, the, the street. And it will be playing Yankee Doodle Dandy, and you'll know your ice cream sundae has arrived. What better way to spend a Sunday afternoon than with a little ice cream sundae from old Uncle Sam? <laughs> However, there's there's not gonna be uh there's not gonna be a vegan option. It's just gonna be regular ice cream because yeah, good. vegans are already already um smarter, healthier, and more ethical and just better than the rest of us. So they don't need any cheering up, obviously. So As they remind us every time they can. <laughs> And and I actually I actually and as an aside I actually from everything I've read about the reasons to be vegan I think I agree with all of them I think it's a hundred percent a really noble thing to do, but I'm still not going to do it, and I know that <laughs> that's like the definition of what makes you a bad person. So I know I'm going to spend all week knowing I'm a I'm a bad person, but then you know what's going to cheer me up a nice ice cream sundae on Sunday afternoon. That'll just Nathan, wash the taste of, of guilt and shame right out of my mouth. Nathan, uh, fast forward to, uh, I mean, obviously this is a day one executive order. So the first Sunday you're in office, <laughs> the truck is, or whatever it's, uh, it's, you said Yankee Doodle Dandy? 
Uh-huh. Yep. So that was, okay. So so the truck is rolling down Pennsylvania Avenue. Yankee Doodle Dandy is playing. You hear it from the Oval Office. You you jump through the window. You break the glass and you're sprinting <laughs> towards the truck, obviously. Ty is behind you. you know, obviously. It's, it's, it's like a tail coming out of the back of your neck. You're the first to the truck. There's some kids there. You you box them out. You're the first one to order. What does your Sunday look like? I'm uh, I'm a pretty simple Sunday guy. I, I just just regular hot <laughs> hot uh, hot fudge. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go with a banana split, a few nuts sprinkled on, but mostly it's all about just a, a ton of uh, the the gooeyest fudge and uh, the stuff that you really have to chew. You can't just let it let it slide down. So yep, <laughs> extra extra <laughs> luke an extra extra lukewarm ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be doused in it'll be doused in mustard, just covered in mustard. The old mustard Sunday. Okay, I, I th- then the, the way you describe this, I have to bring up: Are you just are you pushing only vanilla ice cream on everyone? Do they have a do they have a choice of base flavor? Well, probably not in in week in week one because the infrastructure okay. won't be in place. But we're gonna sure. we're gonna start sprucing things up as as the plans are, are rolled out as we get some feedback because sure. we'll always be listening to our constituents. So sure. it'll be evolving over time, but yeah, sure. week one you're probably just gonna get a regular hot fudge Sunday. I'm now I'm I'm assuming all the workers that were laid off from the Heinz plants throughout the country can then become uh, ice cream truck drivers. I think that <laughs> seems like this is your plan. Uh, Ex- yep, exactly. Okay, all of their distribution <laughs> trucks are gonna be repurposed. It's gonna be it's gonna be seamless. Yeah, what's wrong with the pivot? <laughs> Everyone keeps saying we can't get away from fossil fuels because of electric pivot. Everybody, yeah. everyone's got to pivot. Time the Heinz pivot. workers pivoted. Yeah. You can too. Um, now, I I honestly would love a Sunday made with mashed potatoes, meat sauce, and a little Heinz ketchup for the for the topping. You know, I think that would <laughs> sounds good great. Too, so. <laughs> the old meat Sunday. Um, this is this is bold. I love this. It's bold. It's sweet. Um, it's 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 two scoops of goodness. Um, bringing us back to the old days. Um, and I think everyone, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have that wonderful mid afternoon sprint. Everyone's gonna do to the sidewalk. Um, it it it's gonna it's gonna be a great montage for like uh you know uh some propaganda film you you create to uh, to market this stuff so people falling out of trees you know making slides to go off the roof right to the the ice cream truck um this is wonderful um great job i that you're that's great um well, let's let's go to Brian see if he can top uh that with his number 2 all right, my number two, I am calling this executive order my deficit reversal order. Okay. Um, this is where I fix all the money problems. Wow. Um, I think I'm stealing this idea from Warren Buffett if I read it somewhere correctly. I can't remember where I saw it, but I like it a lot. And if the country is in the red, mm-hmm. no member of Congress is eligible for re-election. So oh. if there is a deficit, you cannot run again. So just applies to lifetime politicians, new politicians, whatever. It's a clean slate every time we're in debt. So hopefully this should create less military spending, higher taxes on the wealthy, and force Congress to adopt single payer health care as it will be forced to realize that it will actually be cheaper than our current system in the long run. I will also earmark a PS to this order that forces hospitals to list all prices with thorough explanations on why each item costs what it does. So this trickles up the chain to the pharmaceutical and medical hardware manufacturing companies. So if you do decide to keep your private insurance, you know what you're buying. So I covered all of my bases with this executive order trying to balance the damn budget. Wow, It's not sexy, but it's needed. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, this is uh, yeah, this isn't ice. This is not ice cream Sunday. This is meat and potatoes. This is uh, something that <laughs> keeps you alive. This is down and dirty. This yeah. is for realsies. This is now right now the national debt is what it's like uh, three times the yearly GDP or something like that. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like we we are a. Uh, 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 a college kid with a fresh credit card, yeah. <laughs> not understanding what uh, 
yeah. interest rates are or anything. We are just spending because we think we have it. It's like me at 20 when I was like, well, I, I need to go get pitchers and margaritas and enchiladas three times a week with my friends. Uh, that is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely necessary. It is necessary. Shout out to uh, Fiesta Mexicana. Used to be on Lincoln. It's dead now. Oh, Used yeah. to sing karaoke there as well. Wow. What a, what a joint. Um Brian, this is this is. Uh, I thought there was going to be some more comedy here, but this is just a great idea. Um, this will force everyone. That, now, what I'm thinking here too, because things like uh, how they fund was it Social Security, and a lot of debt is also like technically off the books too. There's there's like trillions of dollars of like unofficial debt, which makes me think it might all just go dark like that. Who knows? But I like the bolt again. This is bold too. This is very bold. Um, and, uh, we'll keep people, uh, to the fire, to the flames, you know, to keep working. That's what I do. Keep people to the heat. Yeah. Um, is there, is there anyone, um, that, that you think has been in Congress too long, uh, perhaps from Illinois or someone that you know more about all of them, them. (laughs) most of them. I mean, there's so many that have been there so long. Like I was just watching uh, Night Stalker on Netflix, which was about the Night Stalker killer in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And the person who almost blew that case in the mid 80s was San Francisco Mayor Diane Feinstein, mm-hmm. who accidentally gave all the details of the case to the media. And I was like, she was prominent then. <laughs> still oh yeah and now she's a senator and has been for how long i'm like this is too much even bernie who i like so much and his ideas are still pretty progressive retire man it's you had a good run pelosi she's 80 years old yeah like to nathan's point don't you want to enjoy life ever i understand wanting to be a part of the system and you're addicted to it in some way or form but like just get out and have some fresh blood yeah that's why I think we uh, on when we were on the maker and me, we were given this question once and it was like one of the things maybe we should come up with some sort of affirmative action that covers all races, genders and mm. everything. So there has to be equal representation of what the actual populace is. There needs to be a certain amount of white, black, Asian, Latina. There needs to be a certain amount of age. What is the country actually made up of? All of what we're made up of needs to be represented equally in Congress. Yeah. Big ideas for a big new world. Wonderful. So hilarious. This comedy <laughs> podcast. Uh, Laying down the jokes. <laughs> um, Brian, this is, this is very bold. I'm going for it. I'm gonna give you three points. Great. Nathan, you know, you know how I felt about that one. Wonderful. Uh, Sunday, Sundays. Uh, fantastic. Three points for both of you in this one. So Nathan, um, Bring us down the home stretch. Give us your number one. All right, my number one, uh, and it is a big policy change, and uh, it's it's not going it, to. We're still going to have a president elected, but nobody is. We're still having presidential elections every four years, but nobody is allowed to run. You can't run for president if you show any interest in ever being president. If you want to be the president, you are immediately disqualified. <laughs> and so the rest of us, the electorate, we will get together and we will f- think about people who we wish were president and who we think would do a good job. And then we vote for them and then they have to be the president, even if they don't want to do it. Because I think like, I don't know what type of person actually would want this job. That lust for power bothers me. I I mean, we, we saw it with, with Trump, but how many how many leaders are throughout the world are corrupt at at the top. It's a problem over and over again worldwide. So nobody who wants that job gets the job. We'll just find somebody we all actually trust and make them do it. And then after four years, we'll set them free and let them go. But then we're going to bring in another really nice saint-like person, install them in the White House and not let them leave until their term is over. How are we going to get more than two terms for Tom Hanks? I don't understand how this works. <laughs> he only gets one. He only gets one. And then, Den- right, then right. Denzel steps in. Fair enough. Fair enough. I. Uh, so can other people campaign for someone else? Because how does I mean, like, yeah, people would just choose celebrities, right? Uh, well, yeah, but I, I would kind of like to, it to be a, a secret as well. 
Like it's all kind of done in secret. So it, it's, it's illegal to, to campaign for other people. It's all going to kind of be underground word of mouth. And so it will always, it'll always be a huge surprise. We won't even know who's in contention. We'll, we'll have our hope. Like Brian will be really hoping that a lot of other people are going for Hanks, but mm-hmm. it would, it's just going to be, it's going to be a big shock. We'll, we'll have no idea who it's going to be. And then we're stuck with them. I, yeah. I, 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 you know, hmm, I just, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I feel now is, is Congress and the Senate, are those normal elections? Cause I feel like that would kind of inform uh, people. Yeah. Those, too, those right? are, those are still normal. It's just, just the, at the top, just at the top. Okay. We need to safeguard against uh, people who have a lust for power. I, uh, hmm. I mean, I, I, I do like this lust for power, uh, negation thing. I think that's very smart. Um, Give me your, give me your, uh, your, your president, vice president, and uh, secretary of state in this. I mean, I, it would be Greg Popovich for oh. uh, president, and then uh, I might as well, might as well just uh, for continuity's sake, uh, have Tim Duncan and Becky Hammond uh, be mm-hmm. in the administration as well. That's amazing. I think I think Manu Ginobili would be a great secretary of state. Um, would he be legally allowed to hold that office? I think you can. Yes, I, I think you just can't be president. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, you, you, I don't know how long a he's citizen. been a citizen. Okay, yeah. But I mean, Greg yeah. Popovich has uh, Air Force experience. He has a degree in Russian studies, and he's a proven leader uh, at the top of his field for many years. I think he'd do a great job. And he's also on record as saying he never wanted to run for office. So he's the perfect candidate in the system. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what about Chip? Was it Chip Wheeland? Chip Wayland? What's his name? The the, the the shooting coach the shooting coach yeah he could teach the army something to tell you what you know they, <laughs> they wouldn't miss terrorists from here on out um, okay let's move on to uh, with that crass ending to that one I'm sorry guys uh, <laughs> uh, Brian give us your number one please all right my number one again is going to be hilarious <laughs> um, this is the enacting FDR's actual second bill of rights that he proposed at one time and who could actually say it better than the man himself. A second bill of rights under which a new basis of security and prosperity can be established for all, regardless of station or race or creed. Among these are the right to a useful and remunerative job in the industries or shops or farms or mines throughout the nation. The right to earn enough to provide adequate food and clothing and recreation. The right of every farmer to raise and sell his products at a return which will give him and his family a decent living. I'm worried about that one the most. The right of every businessman, large and small, to trade in an atmosphere of freedom, freedom from unfair competition and domination by monopolies at home or abroad, the right of every family to a decent home, the right to adequate medical care, and the opportunity to achieve and enjoy good health, the right to adequate protection from the economic fears of old age, sickness, accidents, and unemployment, the right to a good education. All of these rights spell security. And those were all shut down. (laughs) Those never became a reality. And those have basically been on the books since the early 40s as an idea. And we are still fighting about them. So it's about damn time when I who campaigned fervently with a lust for power, decided to come into the office and sign my executive order that finally makes these rights law. Number one. Um, instead of farmers, do you want to make it like uh, customer service representatives or something like that? Um, farmers. I, think- <laughs> I love how he said that. <laughs> farmers. Farmers. <laughs> I think uh, uh, instead of farmers, it should just be developers. (laughs) (laughs) 
trying to think what is just as widely now a job as farmers would have been yeah. then. I, <laughs> I mean, farmers are still obviously very important, but yeah, there's just a lot, a lot less. Um, I think one, one thing I would add to this bill of rights too, which obviously they didn't know about then was, um, access, uh, and free use of high speed internet. I think that's, that's a great, uh, equalizer, um, across some guy was just talking about that too. Is like our, our current, uh, what can what we consider to be broadband is like 25 megabits down three up which is like at the beginning of broadband what like it was like that's not enough for you to like check email and stream netflix like that's not enough to do those two things at the same time yeah and why isn't broadband available to every single house i will never understand yeah i'm not a doctor i'm not a doctor Uh, well, Senator uh, Dr. Ernst, thank you so much for that for that last uh, point here. And um, while I tally up the scores, um, thank you guys again for competing today. Um, I want you guys to talk about uh, who, who are your favorite um, your your favorite presidential kids. I I'm always a fan of Chelsea. Chelsea was cool. I, I do love the the image of of John Jr. saluting at the the funeral. That's a very poignant moment, and then steeped in tragedy because we all know. He died under tragic circumstances many years later as well. Cool way to show me up for that one. And I was like, oh, it's funny because she embraces <laughs> in the White House. And you're like, no, he saluted his dead dad. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, okay. I also think that a rule for every president from now on is no matter what their actual voice is, once they take the office, they have to speak in Conan O'Brien's impression of Kennedy. Now I am the president and I will talk like this. Forever. <laughs> and then, Farmers. Then, then they can they can go back to their normal voice after the term's over. But all presidents Perfect. will talk like this. I have tallied the scores and I have the final here. <laughs> Brian, if you had not answered that incredibly difficult math question, you would not have uh, achieved a draw today. 11-11 for uh, you guys uh, on Uber Cinco today. Um we have to let the house decide this one. That'll be uh, another time. But that means we are now at the fast five, top five White House pets. Number five, socks from the Clinton White House. Roundly considered the cutest of all the cats to live in the White House, a special favorite of Hillary. Bill, not so much, as socks had a very annoying habit of always pulling the signal off the doorknob of the Lincoln bedroom. Number four, him and her from the LBJ White House. No, these weren't the names that famously crashed LBJ gave to his own testicles. They were a beagle couple that Lyndon or Lady Bird never took the time to properly name. These two beagles did live in the lap of luxury, of course, while at the White House, but were always in a perpetual state of nervous, envious anxiety. Not because they were beagles. Rather, they were always left out when LBJ chose to charm guests by doing puppet shows with his balls, longhorn, and brisket. Number three. <laughs> Drunkard, taster, tippler, and tipsy lived in the Washington White House. They were black and tan coonhounds. Revolting was hard work. These dogs' names signaled that it was time for America to take a break over a beer or maybe two. Well, you couldn't really drink the water safely, so better have one with breakfast. And honestly, after a dinner of two pounds of boiled potatoes and a pound of boiled hog with a spot of cabbage, there just isn't room for ale anymore, so better switch to whiskey. Although folks are talking about this rum stuff from down old Caribbean way, I'll give it a shot, literally. Woo, that is smooth. Anyone got a lime? Yeah, a lime. We ate that shit on boats to keep scurvy away. Thanks. Say, hey, you got any carbonated cocaine beverage too? <laughs> Number two, Misty Malarkey Ying Yang. Jimmy Carter's daughter, Amy Carter, cared for this famous Siamese feline. We now know where Joe Biden's favorite phrase comes from. In the late 70s, as a young senator, Biden was searching for an identity, a hook. The one phrase that would leave constituents voting more and the adoring public to never forget. After watching Escape to Witch Mountain with the Carter family in the White House on September 18th, he went to the Senate floor on September 22nd, 1977, where he rallied against deregulation of the coal industry, referring to Duke Energy's treatment of its miners as straight-up malarkey yin-yang. The wince from the other senators pushed him to drop the yin-yang, but the rest is history. And number one of White House pets... Now, this number one pet was one of a kind. It was said that 50-pound pallets of white rats were delivered weekly to feed this beast. Some staffers joked that interns conspicuously disappeared around this pet as well, and it's rumored it was once housed in the Roosevelt Room for a week straight 
after it broke the lock on its cage. The number one pet is Stephen Miller. And that's this week's edition <laughs> of Uber Cinco. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And once again, we love that hearty wom word of mouth. So please tell your friends about us and send them your favorite episode. Why not? Competing regally with height and splendor has been... I'm assuming myself, Nathan Hennenfent. <laughs> and leaving his stinking jack shack for our pleasure has been <laughs> Brian Ernst. And I've been Mitch Brinkman. And as Biz Bear always says, keep not wearing masks, Americans. I'm loving the national parks. They've never been emptier or cleaner. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.